Welcome to Central Assembly's podcast. Here is a message from our lead pastor, Kurt Jenkins. We pray this message speaks to you. All right, so I promise I won't talk long. I just want to share uh, briefly on the journey, just to tag off of what Pastor Chris was saying. With that mustard seed of faith, there is a journey that's involved in that. So I just wanted to review and recap very quickly. Uh, Last week when we were talking about faith to believe, we started our first week, and we talked about how we were actually designed by God to live by faith and not by sight. So that comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Uh, We talked about how we want to live by our senses and our feelings and experiences and things that we already see in front of us. But God, because we were designed, we were created in the image of God, God is the one who was able to see all of creation before it actually existed. So he was able to see it, perceive it, and know all of the details before he said, let let there be light, let there be fish in the sea and birds in the air. He was able to see before we could actually see. Does this make sense? So we were, at, we were created in the image of God. So we were actually created to live by that same faith, to be able to see things in our heart, see things in our spirit, see things in our mind's eye before we can actually see them in the flesh. We talked about how important faith is from Hebrews 11, uh, verse six, where it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Say impossible. It shows up in, in any of the translations that I went, went through that it's impossible to please him without faith. It says, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Pastor Chris already said it. Faith has everything to do with trust. It doesn't mean we're not going to fail sometimes. It doesn't mean that if we fail in our faith and God's just displeased with us. No, it's the ongoing long journey of faith that we believe he exists, that we believe that he said or that he did what he already said that he's going to do, what he said he's going to do in the word. So that journey of faith, uh, that steadfastness in faith is what pleases him. And how, why does it please him? It's because it's a trust in him. It's saying we're not trusting ourselves, we're trusting you and we're trusting your word. So that pleases him because it's actually evidence that we're putting him in charge and not ourselves. So how does this type of faith grow? Uh, Chris was even talking, we, we prayed about it last week and then he, he shared about it today when the disciples said, increase our faith, right? Show us how to have more faith, some translations say. So the word's very clear of how we have more faith in Romans 10, 17. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I know in my life, times where I've been stressed out, times when like things aren't working right, a lot of times I'll just spend times like worrying. You know, my mind will reel at different things. And he's reminding me coming even into this series, like instead of doing that, I need to look back at the word more. I need to look back at the word more because his word is clear that faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. So the more word we get in us, the more that we could study it, the more that we know it, the more that we can actually believe that it's gonna come true. And that's how more faith comes. So then we ended uh, last week really just unpacking before we went into the story of the angel visiting Mary about just defining faith. And faith, the definition that we're using is in Hebrews 11.1, where it says "Faith faith is confidence in what we hope for. Say confidence. Say hope. And assurance. Say assurance. About things we do not see. Say do not see. So that word confidence is a word for title or deed. We went over this a long time last week. It's like when you sign over on a house, you now own that house. You don't see that house at the realtor's office. You only see the title or the deed. 
Faith is believing that when you hold that deed, when you hold God's word and you believe God's word to be true, you don't have to see it to believe it yet. So you see the deed, you're holding the deed, it's signed, it's done, it's, it's delivered, it's yours, and yet you have to drive to the house. It's a journey. And faith is like that. It's confidence. It's saying, I'm holding the deed to what is yet promised. That word assurance is a convicting evidence. It's absolute proof of something that you don't yet see yet. So it's the ability to see in your spirit, to perceive like, oh my goodness, this thing is absolutely, positively true. I don't know how it's gonna work. I don't know when it's gonna work, but it's going to work. That's what faith is. It's that conviction inside you that what God said is true is going to come to pass. I presented four elements of faith that if we got nothing else out of this series, if we can get these things down in our life in a practical way, I believe it would be a win. The first is knowledge. We have to have knowledge about what we believe. Our knowledge comes from God's word or from what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. It's pretty simple. It's what he's whispering to us in prayer time or what we see in his word. So once there's a knowledge, there has to be an assurance. That's the second element. So we actually have to be convinced that this word applies to us today. It's not just a storybook from a long time ago. There's a huge difference when you're reading devotionally and this is nice and you're actually having assurance that it's for you today. The third element is trust. This is who you believe. No, um, yeah, this is who you believe. The assurance is what you believe. It's on the paper. I'm believing this thing. But that next step is trust. It's who you believe. So this is saying, I have the knowledge from his word. And now I have the assurance that it's absolutely true. And now I'm trusting that God's gonna do it for me. Do you guys understand? There's like waves of stuff here. You can have just the knowledge and leave it there. You can have assurance that it's true and leave it there. But if we have the trust that he's actually going to make that thing come to pass, then we will implement that fourth element, which is action. So there's going to actually be a lifestyle, a behavior, a decision. There's gonna be something that takes place in your life that activates that faith. I don't see it too often where we can believe something to be true and we have it written down that we don't have to do anything and God just does it. I, always, I, I mean, in my life and in other people's lives, I see action being taken place. I see obedience to what his word is saying because without that, I don't know that we can actually test our trust in him. We could say, we trust him, we believe you. Yes, it's in his word. I said last week, you know, the Bible book of promises and all these promises, they make me feel really good. But until we step into something, until we, make this, until we make decisions to actually change where we're headed in life, then that proof isn't tested. That trust isn't tested by action. So in Luke chapter 1, verse 35, I read these verses uh, last week. We talked about it. But it comes to a point in verse 38 where Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me comes true, come true. Now, the interesting thing is the child was not born immediately, was he? So she says, she's, she's confused and perplexed. Then he says, the power of the Most High has come upon you. She says, okay, let everything that you have now spoken, which we believe now is God's word through the angel, come true. And yet for nine months, she didn't see that happen. Women, I've never experienced it, but pregnancy, it's a journey, isn't it? She had to go through a physical journey at the same time she went through a spiritual journey. 
I love that video that Adam put together about the kids and the emotions. Like she's going through everything a, a physical mom would go through in pregnancy and yet still wondering at times, doubting at times, is this child in me seriously, honestly, the son of God, the child of God, the Messiah, the one whom the Old Testament prophesied about? This was a journey that Mary had to go on. Now listen, it wasn't Mary's responsibility to make sure the promise was fulfilled. Does that make sense to you guys? It wasn't her responsibility. It was God's responsibility to make sure it's fulfilled, but it was Mary's responsibility to believe it was going to be fulfilled. That belief was faith to believe. It was trusting that it would happen. And when we talk about faith, we talk about trust. It's not trusting in ourselves that we can do it. It's trusting in God that he will do it. Because we can always rationalize, well, I can do this. I might be able to do that. I can't, I can't. That's not where faith is. That's not where our hope is. That's not where our trust is. Our faith and our hope and our trust, if it's derived from God's word, then we'll actually believe he's the one that's going to make it happen. And I do believe that applies to everything from those practical things all the way to what we would perceive to be the most spiritual, like salvation. His word covers all of those subjects. We have a choice to believe that. So how did Mary have that confession of faith? How did she go through a journey of nine months of pregnancy and actually walk this thing out in action? When verse 35, the angel says that he, the Holy Spirit, is the one who will be in charge of this. He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby uh, to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. And down in verse 37, I read a translation last week where it says, the word of God will never fail, which again, in in a lot of other translations, it says nothing is impossible or nothing will be impossible with God. So Mary wasn't trying to like work the system to make things, you know, work out for her benefits. She wasn't trying to do a whole bunch of works. Her action was all based on the foundation of trust. So I think sometimes we start taking actions because we saw it in the word, but we don't have assurance that we actually believe that it's true and we're not sure that we trust. And then we take these steps and we call it faith, but it might actually be a little bit of stupidity (laughs) because we want to look strong and we want to look big. And yes, I'm going to, I'm going to step out in faith. Listen, make sure you know that it's real. Make sure you actually believe that it's God's word and make sure you're actually trusting him to fulfill that thing. And he's gonna give you the next steps that you need to have. Even when the angel visited Joseph in Matthew chapter one, he visited uh, Joseph in a dream. And Joseph said, it said, God's word said that Joseph secretly planned to secretly uh, separate from Mary to not publicly disgrace her. But one encounter with the Lord, and it says in verse 24, when Joseph wakes up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. This was a huge action that obviously would have ramifications. We don't see it throughout God's word, but listen, if she could be publicly shamed by this, how many of you know people are going to figure out the timing of it all and everything? It's going to, wait a minute, this, this didn't work out. Is this Joseph's child? I'm sure they faced opposition. So they, Joseph had a journey to go on with her. It wasn't just her journey. So it wasn't just a one time, okay, I'm going to take her as my wife but there was a journey to be had. 
I started thinking about times like where, where I would sense God's presence in a, a church service or I would, uh, uh, you know, in a, a prayer time or whatever. You feel like God touched me today. Maybe you said that before. I experienced God today. And you'll walk out of a church service, walk out of a prayer time, and you're encouraged and you found something in God's word. And this is a promise. I'm going to hold on to this. And tomorrow, you know, the next morning you wake up and your breath stinks and your hair is all out of place and you're tired. You got the sleepers in your eyes and you don't feel it anymore. Like you don't feel the buzz anymore. I've said it many times. Adam's not like in your room playing his cool chords. The lights aren't low. So I believe like the Lord reminded me that that moment right there, not even your first response, this moment right here is where your faith is tested. So we say like the journey begins when you say, yes, I trust you. But the journey continues the next morning when you wake up with sleepers in your eyes and you're tired and bad breath and your hair's out of place. The journey is still continuing and now your faith is being tested. Now I have to deal with, and we have to deal with as Americans, the, the consumerism part of it. Well, I want to feel it again. I want to sense it again. I want to see it again. I want to smell it again. I want to touch it again. He's like, no, hold on now. We're on a journey now. Are you actually going to believe? Are you going to see something in your heart that you can't yet see? So in Romans 12, two, or 12 verse 2, it talks about not conforming to the ways of this world. We grew up in the United States. We grew up with, uh, you know, with Sesame Street. Every four minutes, something was changing. We grew up with microwaves, meals ready in a minute and a half, right? We want things right now. That's, that's the ways of the world. But Romans 12 says, don't conform any longer to the ways of the world. Don't conform to the patterns of the world. It says how to be transformed to renew our mind. So what happens is as we're renewing our mind, we're able to, it says to be able to test and approve what God's will is. So if we see something, if we see a promise in his word that we have to grab onto, okay? We see the, we have the knowledge of it. We have the assurance of it. We're trusting it. Now we're taking action. This is not like I made a decision 12 months ago to have faith and now I'm just walking out here lost. We're still on a journey. So it takes a deliberate, intentional renewing of our mind to say, I'm gonna wake up today, I don't feel it. I'm, you know, I forgot what the reference was of the verse, but I'm gonna renew my mind. I'm gonna continue to think upon these things so that my heart can continue to see what I don't yet see. We have to fight again so much that we get so many things right now. Uh, we were even talking with, with uh, my kids just a couple of days ago about certain TVs that like you click, you, you click the clicker and some of the newer TVs, it takes like, I don't know, six seconds to turn on. And that's like a long time for our kids. <laughs> right? And it's like, I'm happy we have a TV. <laughs> we, we, we are so programmed, fast food, all that stuff. We're so programmed to get everything now. We can, I'm, not, I'm not against technology or any of the things that create speed. We can use all that stuff for preaching and so on. But it has wired us to like, if I don't see it right now, I'm not gonna believe it. And that's so far, that's so far from the Christmas story, so far. Matthew 7, 7 says, keep on asking. So he doesn't, Jesus doesn't say, just, hey, ask one time. The New Living Translation says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, this is an ongoing asking, receives, everyone who seeks, finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be open. He goes on to say, you parents, if you children ask for a loaf of bread, 
uh, do you give them a stone instead? Or if you ask them for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? So I don't, I mean, to be honest, like I get tired after I knock three or four times sometimes. And that's not the journey of faith. That's like, I want you to answer right now. I don't know why things happen really short for some people and really long for others. I wouldn't qualify that as I don't have enough faith because you're all holding a mustard seed of faith. If Jesus says that's all you need, he's talking about the quality of your faith. You don't need a lot of quantity. He's saying, have a little tiny bit of quality trust in me and you'll see great things happen. If you look back where it's talking about the size of, that's a quality statement. It's not quantity. So he's saying, listen, you don't need tons and tons of stuff that you're racking up on your resume of faith. You need a very small amount of pure, genuine faith. Joseph had it, Mary had it, and they walked this out. Like, if you look at what we do, seriously, even in our culture, the, the Christmas story is all wrapped up in just a few chapters, Okay. So what we do is we take all those, we take those few chapters and we put them into a manger scene. And our faith, we want our faith to be so nice and neat, just like it is in the manger scene. Like with the angel there, even though the Bible doesn't say an angel manifested right there. Or like the wise men, do y'all know he was, they weren't there that night or the next night or the next week or the next month, possibly not even the next year. Does that not throw up a red flag for anybody, right? We want our wise men right now. We want our angel right here. We want everything neat and done all within about, I don't know, 55 verses. And from when the time where the angel spoke to Mary and Joseph to the time where they had the child, it was at least nine months. And then from a time when the magi or the wise men came, it could have been uh, he could have been close to two years old at that time because you'll see Herod has uh, all of the babies two years and younger killed when they don't return, when that, the wise men don't return. So Jesus, it says that he visited the child in the house, not the baby in the manger. So the wise men, I'm sorry if I'm like blowing your bubble, busting your bubbles at all. They weren't there. Put them in another room in your house in the manger scene, like separate them. They have a journey. Take them out. But I think when I was looking at that, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is what we did. We have Americanized, I mean, I know the manger scene probably wasn't created in America, but we've Americanized the, the, the Christmas story so much that we just want it so neat and packaged. And this is the box that I'm gonna put you in, God. So from the time the angel speaks to the time the wise men come, come it could have been close to three years. But then in scripture too, it says that Mary pondered these things in her heart. So she's not just on a journey from, from angel to pregnancy, to birth, to wise men. She's on a journey all the way until Jesus is at the wedding and she says, do what he tells you to do. And he performs his first miracle. So from angel all the way to there, that's like 31 years. And then until he dies and resurrected, that's like 34 years from the point where the angel came. How many of you know that's a journey? So I love right now faith and believe and it's gonna happen and then the next day when it doesn't happen, we somehow have to muster up the faith to say, God, I need more faith. Increase our faith. Show me to have more faith because we're on a journey. So if Mary 
the highly favored one, the blessed one that had the opportunity to carry the Savior within her, went on a 34-year journey. We can wait this thing out just a little bit longer, can't we? We can somehow get back to his word and say, this is going to happen. It's actually going to happen. It's actually going to come true. His word is actually true. I just want to read a few more verses and we'll close. In Romans 5, 3, it says this. I don't like these verses, by the way. <laughs> we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. Why? Why? It says, for we know that they help us develop endurance. So like, we're not rejoicing that we have the trial. We're not rejoicing that we have the trouble. We're rejoicing that because we know he's going to give us endurance because of that. It says endurance develops strength of character. So now, okay, so my endurance and faith is going to get stronger and now my character can get stronger. And then it says, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. What is confident hope? It's faith. Look, look back at Hebrews 11.1, 1, right? There's the confidence in what we hope for. So if we have confident hope of our salvation, all that goes back to the ability to face what he considers, what the writer here considers, problems and trials. Developing endurance, developing character, developing our confidence of salvation. And it says, listen, you're not going to be disappointed. It says, this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us. He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So I love that because if, if we didn't actually think that God loved us, we wouldn't trust him in the first place. So if, if the scripture doesn't look as alive as it did to you last Sunday or you know, three days ago or whatever, and you're like, I don't know if I can believe in this verse yet, then just backtrack one step and say, okay, can I, can I just remember that you love me, that you care for me, that you have your best interest in mind for me? Yes, I do. Okay, now I have to get back to this verse, have the assurance that it's true, have the trust that he's gonna actually make it happen and then, and then add our actual action to it. Does this make sense? So we have to embrace that process, that journey, just like Mary and Joseph went on to actually make it to Bethlehem. They knew what the Old Testament said, that the Savior of the world, the Messiah, would be born in Bethlehem. It was not a coincidence that they called a census to be taken. And that journey, it took, I don't know, depending upon commentators, three to five days uh, to actually get to. I'm sure it wasn't an easy journey. I'm sure they were wandering the entire way. But throughout that entire journey, somehow they kept their faith, not out of works, but out of simply trusting that what that angel told them is going to come true. You don't have to wait for the angelic encounter. You don't have to wait for the encounter in a dream. It might happen and embrace it if and when it does. We have his word. And we have the Holy Spirit living in us who speaks to us every single day to give us his promises, his truth, that we can actually uh, be successful in, in having faith throughout this journey. I heard a pastor say several uh, years ago that the joy is in the journey, not the destination. And two things came to my mind that I know that I've done before as a father is I've taken time like at a restaurant when you have to wait like a half hour for food and when it's the child that, that gets impatient and says, when is the food? But I've acted like the child before. Where I'm like, where's the waitress? Where's our food? They must have forgotten. Where I was like, wait a minute. If, that, if I actually believe what that pastor said, 
the, the joys in the journey, then I could have taken that time and enjoyed that time with our with our child. I'm not saying I could do this all the time. Like, Who is he doing at a restaurant? But I could have taken that time to enjoy the journey of that one moment. And another thing is, you got to admit it, parents, if you've ever been on a road trip or a vacation, is getting to the vacation. Like, it's all about, are we there yet? Yes, thank God we are here. Instead of, and we've played games and stuff in the car, but like that's one time, that's another example where I brought up. Like, if parents could get that part down, enjoying the joy is in the journey, having fun playing games, talking to, interacting with the people who are in the car with you, to a point where you've enjoyed that, and then the destination becomes so much better. So if Mary and Joseph can do this, with the power of the Most High overshadowing her, then we can do this because we have the power of the Most High within us. We can do this. It's the journey of faith, steadfast faith, believing that we can actually see in our hearts things that we can't yet see yet until we can actually see them. Why don't we stand? If you can just uh, do me the favor of bowing your heads and closing your eyes just for a moment. This entire series is called Faith to Believe, and I just want to ask a very simple question. If you uh, are in this room today and you have not ever had the faith to believe that Jesus actually came and died for your sins and was resurrected so that you could have eternal life, and you want to make sure that you're right with God, you want to make sure that you have uh, that, uh, that ability to walk out a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus, so if you've never had that faith to believe, maybe watching these kids sing about Jesus, talk about Jesus, maybe something in the video, uh, anything throughout this service, maybe it just uh, warmed your heart to a place of saying, you know what? I don't want another Christmas to pass with him just being this object in, an, in a nativity scene, in the manger. I want to follow him as my personal Lord and Savior. If that is you today, if you want to follow Jesus for the very first time, I just want you to raise your hand and look up at me, and we want to connect with you after service and pray with you. So anyone in this, in this building at all, even on live stream, feel free to connect with us after the service in the comments below. We want to be able to do that. Anyone in this room at all want to give their heart to Jesus for the first time? Say, this Christmas is going to be different. Well, Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much uh, for the children. We thank you and we declare again that there's no junior Holy Spirit, that your Holy Spirit is working in these four and five-year-olds as much as he's working in us. And God, we thank you that your word is just as true for them as it is for us. But today, Father, I don't ask that they would have the faith that we have. I ask that we would have the faith that they have. We ask for a childlike faith again. We ask God for a faith to simply believe like, yeah, if God wrote it, wrote it in the Bible, then it's true. Just give us that simple childlike faith. So when we're, when we're rubbing that mustard seed with our thumb and our, our finger that we'll know this, this isn't a lot. I just need to trust that he's going to make this thing come to pass. And Father, I pray that we would embrace the journey along the way as well, knowing that this thing had to work itself out days, weeks, nine months, two years, 34 years by the time from the angel to the time Jesus resurrected. Let us embrace the journey. Let us have joy in the journey. Let us learn in the journey. Let us get uh, endurance and character and strength and confidence that we can see your word 
come to pass in our life. Father, we just pray for your blessing upon us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.